0: yeah we're good to go as i just said to you i decided um before we even kind of chat away and do introductions that i'll record because some of the best conversations are before and after like once or twice uh i was chatting to a few boys after and you're kind of still buzzing from just having that you know it's most it's an intimate conversation um but anyways what's the story are you well and happy uh
1: not too bad no Uh, i'm in chill mode now the last few weeks since yeah. i uh yeah, I made a decision to come out of construction,
0: yeah, you're uh, heading home for a wedding,
1: yeah? yeah, next week, so I've uh, three weddings, so yeah i am um, going home for that, and that's uh, so what the big thing there with going home for the three weddings is I'm my uh, my aim is not to drink for any of them because i've I've given that up uh, that was literally my yeah. next
0: question I was thinking three weddings, like some pressure on you, you know And I suppose you're at that age with this wedding after wedding, but Ma- massive massive pressure at weddings irish weddings that that's just what you do like
1: absolutely I and mean, then not even day one day two on top of that it's expected like, not even <laughs> i know. I, you know
0: I was thinking i was only thinking myself uh at a wedding recently and i'm thinking i don't know if i want my wedding to be like that uh you know that you have a weekend drinking you know you can kind of do that anywhere I have an idea in my head that I'd do a wedding abroad for like a couple of days because you get to meet family, you get to introduce, you know, you can see it, the dynamic in a wedding where people aren't chatting, a load of drinks in them and then they're chatting away and then the next morning they're like, don't talk or whatever. So I'd like to have it a small bit more intimate. Um, yeah, so no, no drink is the plan. Tough though.
1: Yeah. Well go well go back to what you were saying there. So Chanel, my sister, is actually getting married in Portugal. This small wedding, there's forty five people going. And she's kind of got the same idea really. Um because you know when it, when you bring two hundred or two hundred and fifty people for the bride and groom, it's it's tough work, you know, going around to try and chat to everybody and small talk and
0: And just the same yeah. small talk. And you mightn't have seen them in a couple you know, in, in years. And it Absolutely. takes away yeah. from yeah. I don't know, I think, I think especially in Ireland it seems like um, what people's weddings are to impress the guests and not for you to enjoy yourself, which I would have thought my wedding day I'm spending money. I want to enjoy myself as well. I, I only meant, made the comment there last week about the weddings where people come away from it and they say, yeah, I no complaints now about that wedding. It's nearly like they're looking for something to complain about and, <laughs> you know, the venue or the food that they're waiting for something to be wrong, you know, whereas just go and enjoy it, I suppose.
1: Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, Hundred percent. Uh anyways, we we'll
0: go back to we'll go back to you. Um we I suppose we'll start at the start. Very honest man, born and bred. I don't know. Tell me a small bit about you. I would obviously know your brothers growing up, not so much you, but yeah, give me a small bit of background as to where you kinda of started and where you are now.
1: Yeah, right. Um so I i don't know where, where to, it's a tough of, question once i <laughs> left school uh i worked out in the chicken factory in ballyhonas for uh well sorry no i actually did go to college for for a very short time but i had it all uh dialed up in my head i was listening to the older lads that had gone ahead of me in college and saying that you know college is this that and the other and it's great crack and you're just drinking all the time and there was no mention of college work at all or presentations or anything like that it was just all the the good points and those was you know I can't wait to get to college but uh got there anyways and uh yeah wasn't wasn't what uh, the, the older lads that told me it was where did you go or what so, did you do um, I done uh sports health and leisure down in Tralee and uh, my plan was to be a PE teacher <laughs> But I pulled the pin after three months and looking back, it was the best thing I ever done. But at the time, you know, societal pressure saying you have to go to college, you have to get your papers, you have to do this. So going to work in Lannins wasn't uh, wasn't a uh, great. Um, look, I, I wanted money. That's what I wanted. And uh, I wasn't, I was living on past Bolognese in college and it just was completely going against what I wanted. And then it was a societal pressure to stay in college. But... Yeah, pulled the pin, went to Lannan's, and uh, I think we worked there for maybe six months, and myself my friend Adrian, who happens to be, I haven't seen him for years, but he happens to be staying with me for the time being, uh, we decided we'd go to Australia. So uh, we were young, uh, we were 19, and we were humming and hawing, he, he had an older brother over here in Australia, and I, my older sister, was uh, was in London, and we were like, which way do we go? Well, I came over here and, um, usually, look, I don't think anyone comes over here for the long haul. It's always we come over here for a year and we see how it goes. And and just a year went by after another. And yeah, I'm here 11 years now. I it's you're there that long. What Um, year was that
0: that you went?
1: 2000 and the start of 2012.
0: Right. Uh, just on Lannans, I worked there for four weeks myself. I think it should be mandatory for anyone to work there. <laughs> You'll do. I did it in Ty, and I put the head down when I went into fifty. That's for sure. Um. So I suppose what you just wanted, you wanted something different. Wanted out of Lannans, out of Ballyharness.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, look, I, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't happy, and I, I won't blame Ballyharness, and I won't blame. I won't blame Ant, And I just, I wasn't happy with myself. You know. And, uh, again, the grass was greener. You know, I was I was hearing all these stories from older lads that had gone to Australia. Well, when I say older, no, they were 21, I suppose. They were older than me at the time. And, you know, living the life, you know, at the beach all the time, uh, drinking all the time, which was a big thing for me at the time. Um, uh, yeah, just all the pros, you know. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know what, I will go to Australia and just uh, solve all my problems. Yeah, went, came over, and yeah, realised again that it was shit talk that I was listening to and believing, and came over, and uh, that was kind of the first um, real wake up call that no matter where I go or anyone goes, you know, we all we're all guilty of uh, projecting ourselves into the future. Or if I go on holidays here, or if I if I move to this city, then I'll be happy. That was the first kind of real taste of that that. Um yeah, no, amount, no, no, no external thing can sort of fix if there's something wrong in the, the internal, you know.
0: Definitely. Um I suppose you talk about like growing up in Ballyhawness, it's kind of a, you kind of get into a standard culture in any Irish rural town of drinking yeah. and playing gah. And that's the type of person you become because you want to fit in. And they're the two main things to do. I suppose you probably fell into that category yourself as well, just doing things because, well, that's just the norm.
1: Absolutely. And and I think, to be honest, for me, drinking was the big one. Uh, like, I did fall into the, not like football was good, but uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, it's, uh, it can be just, be, it can become what you live for, as at the same time. And then you can kind of forget about a lot of other avenues of life. But for me, I stopped playing football, I think maybe around 17 or 18 and yeah drinking was the big thing then because that was the only thing like at the time that made me happy I suppose you know like I was able to sort of uh have more crack and yeah just be more myself uh, uh, and so yeah to, at the time it was every weekend you know for that reason it wasn't didn't really enjoy anything else else other than making money I suppose money provide
0: especially when you're probably working in a job that you you probably didn't see yourself working in or didn't see any meaning in it so like what what else you going to do at the weekend only find some Mm. sort of happiness short-term happiness a few pints and then back into work Monday and then that becomes an awful vicious cycle Uh, but it's 19 is young to move away like you probably hadn't lived okay college for a couple of months but to go across Australia, like I feel nowadays it's a lot easier because you have a, a way more easier connections and like let's say I'm looking for a car there now and I can go on Facebook Marketplace and I can ask different people, like at 19 it must be a massive move over, like even looking for houses, my mate is looking for a gaff there and he's on like loads of different apps and talking to loads of different people, like as you said all them small things they don't tell you well you have to set up your tax, you have to get a job, you have to get a house, mm-hmm. that must be very tough <laughs> at 19.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, as you know yourself now after coming over, it's uh, you, you kind of you're, you're blindsided to them uh, until you arrive and you realize. But yeah, it it was. But I suppose we didn't we didn't know any different. You know, it was kind of it, the fact that there was two was definitely made it a lot easier. And there was the sense of adventure as well, you know. Um, I think when we landed first, in fairness, Adrian's older brother uh, had sorted work out for us. So we landed in Adelaide and I think we stayed in a hostel for a few nights. And then how did we, I think we got the bus up and we were sorted then straight away, you know. But I remember at the time then, uh the guy said he only had work for one of us. So I actually ended up, did leave in that place. and I, I was semi on my own then for a while. But yeah, tough, good, back,
0: good at the same time. Sometimes yeah, you, it's the biggest is it's one of people's biggest fear going traveling by themselves, and you're just forced into doing things by yourself and meeting people and stuff like that. So sometimes these can be blessings in disguise.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah, and like looking back, I, I, I definitely like I'm, I'm looking at nineteen year old lads coming over here now when working in construction, and sometimes I really do, Jesus, you know, was, was I actually that young I mean, and? which I, I definitely was, but yeah, like you said, it's it's, it's a great learning curve, sort of, you're thrown you're, you're into the deep end and you, you'll make it work when, when you're in that situation. When you no, have to, yeah, exactly. it's the a country too, it, it's, not, it's not like it's a dangerous place where, in general anyways, you know, it, it is a pretty... Uh,
0: and, and there's a lot person. of Irish over there, so it is one of the better countries to find work and get in contact with people and, and it's always the case when you go abroad, like you might talk to someone in ireland but you go abroad your best mates or someone will go out of the way to do something for you or find work so like it's it does the irish connection abroad makes it an awful lot easier uh, okay, man, yeah. you, when, you when you went when you moved over did you, you were said you went into construction were you still in that kind of mind frame of just drinking and working
1: yeah and to like are you working in construction in part no no i was in, in uh i was over
0: in america i'm teaching in part
1: right okay um well, I don't know what it's like in, in America, but it's it's kind of nearly promoted or normalized uh, drinking in construction. It's kind of what 100%. everyone does. Um, so, yeah, that didn't change. That made it worse. It was just more drinking buddies.
0: Yeah, and you said uh, before we started recording uh, about, let's say, when you went back to construction, you went away from... When away from what you kind of want to go into, uh, which we we'll talk about the mindfulness and meditation and uh, and uh, the ice baths and that has a massive influence The people that you surround yourself with, you just fall into tendencies, especially, let's say we are using construction, for example, you're working very hard. So again, so similar to the Lannins, you want to drink at the weekend, like mm. it's very hard to work and it's understandable in ways to work like 10, 12 hours a, a of the day you know physically and then you want to go and do mindfulness you want some sort of escape from what you're doing so and that probably had an influence or is having an influence on you when you moved over in terms of the drinking
1: yeah yeah totally man because you, you want to fit in too no matter where you are and i, I think that's a, a problem with you know, a lot of people that are wanting to give up alcohol now it's but it's the the both The friends' pressure and also the the colleague pressure at work, of you know, it's just a normal thing to do. Whether it's after drink, after work drinks on a Friday, or if it's your friend's party at the weekend, you know, there's always questions, questions. I'm lucky I I don't get that as much as a a lot of other people seem to be getting it. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely. I find that once you
0: kind of break the the cycle and everyone kind of knows you don't drink it's kind of like oh well that's what he does he doesn't drink but let's say yeah when you're kind of starting off and you're saying no I'm not having a pint um because I did it for a couple of months there you know it's kind of like why or whatever um but once you get over that like I have friends that don't drink and I just wouldn't even think about asking them for a drink because they just know they're not going to and you're happy with that and you don't care but it's when someone transitions and they're thinking like because they probably as you said you become more yourself when you're on drinks they want to see you and let's say you've had good nights before uh on the beer and they want to recreate that so they, they're they not it's it never comes from a place of badness it's more like they're unaware of what you're trying to do and all they want to do is for you and them to have a good time so it's never badness but again you always need some sort of excuse you need a good one
1: yeah 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 true and it's not not feeling like it nearly isn't a good good enough excuse for certain people yeah i'm I'm off it like
0: it's not good enough like
1: yeah 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 but i think it makes other people it can make other people uncomfortable if there's a sober person in the group because whether they're they might not consciously know this but if they're used to going out and making an arse of themselves or regretting stuff the following day if they know that there's one sober person in the corner i think that's a lot of the reason why they're saying come on will you just have one or have a shot or whatever you know um, there, I think there's insecurities involved in it, it's not with everybody, but I, I think there
0: is, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. And it reminds me of something Gary Patterson said, where when you're pointing at someone, there's three fingers pointing back. So if someone's saying like, oh, why aren't you coming on the beer? Oh, you're no crack. And they're kind of, as you said, a small bit afraid or conscious of someone not drinking. They're thinking, fuck, they, they're not yeah. drinking, but I kind of have to be. And maybe in somewhere subconscious, they don't want to drink. Um, but. They feel like they have to and then they're seeing someone else that doesn't have to and they're kind of like what the hell like how could someone do that so yeah maybe there is some of that maybe you know well, then- someone likes a drink to relax whatever it doesn't have to be so deep and so subconscious but yeah it's when you kind of feel like you have to or feel like you have to do it to fit in i suppose that's when it becomes an issue yeah
1: yeah 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 absolutely. or definitely
0: as you said to feel like you're more of yourself and like why do you need a drink to to come out of your shell I think it's a massive like it's talked on a a good few podcasts it's becoming a more of a prevalent thing people not drinking so I think the stigma of not drinking is going away slightly and which is good because you don't have to explain to yourself I'd like to think in you know well now but let's say in a couple of years it's kind of normalized and people are saying fair play to you know for not drinking they're kind of encouraging but again maybe it's that insecurity that's playing on it
1: yeah, yeah, but it, it numbs. So what I think, I don't know if we were recording at the time, when I did say, um, that I was able to be more of myself when I was drinking back then, um, it kind of, it, it numbs your anxiety and it numbs your triggers. You know, even for, for dancing is a good example. You know, yeah. why, why can't we go out and go like a lunatic in the dance floor when, when we're 10 pints deep? Well, it's because we don't have a voice in our head telling us, oh, geez, everyone's looking at us or I feel like an idiot now, you know, I'm out here dancing. And, you know, just needing, needing that because we unconsciously know it's it's going to numb those feelings and insecurities to do it. And then when, say, from even for myself now, like when I go to a pub, the odd time I'd still feel a bit awkward, you know, especially if the, the energy is really high, and I'm the only sober person there. I, I yeah, I, in those situations, I'd probably just pull the pin and leave because I'm not going to go up to that level if they're already drunk. You know,
0: hundred percent. I know exactly where you're coming from, and I had literally the point written down. We were away at uh, Margaret River there at the weekend, and we were having a few drinks, um, self woman and and one of my mates, and uh, like the place places happen. Uh, one place, well, it actually was food, and then it changed into. A little dance floor we moved the table and first woman came out and she was grooving and she didn't give a she didn't give a flying fuck who's watching and it was just her yeah, yeah. and we were like fair play to her i mm, assume a lot of people yeah. didn't want to go out initially because they're thinking everyone's looking at me and eventually start people coming onto the dance floor and it all seems like they don't care who's watching and the uh, most ironic thing was that they were all around 50 or 60 years of age and We actually said it to us, ourselves, and the woman said it to me about if people did this in Ireland, because it's very rare that Mm -hmm. I I would see people dancing the way they they danced, carefree. And if people did this more often in in Ireland, and especially sober, a lot of problems would go away, physically and mentally. Because as you said, you have that conscious, you know, the consciousness of someone's watching you and especially when you're doing it sober so we're thinking someone might be thinking like how is he out dancing and he's not even steamed like what you know you did nearly be weary of you saying like yeah, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on absolutely. there like you know does he not have, need to have a few drinks which is weird like dancing is like an expression of your body and you need to be steamed to do it. and i'm just i'm the exact same way as you a few pints i love nothing more you know we had a few we were just getting steam like we're just enjoying ourselves like literally enjoying people watching dance but like i still wouldn't have went out and danced because i don't know probably just didn't feel comfortable you know it's 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 a weird sensation but when you acknowledge that i suppose like you did you become more aware of it
1: yeah and i guess it's it's like it it does take a bit of getting used of you know there's there's a drumming circle here that does beyond in, in sydney on sunday afternoons and it's alcohol free uh, and drug free and just about 10 different lads banging drums like a really good beat and there could be 50 people dancing i remember the first time i went to it i think i actually went by myself but uh went there and really intimidated i was like oh jesus you know like especially I, you know how tall i am like six four and when I, I went in the Slowly, timidly, in, in the middle of it, and, and it was sort of doing a bit of buffing here and there, and you know, just I was a jizz and like a draft here sticking out among everyone else. <laughs> blah blah blah, the usual insecure thoughts. But then the more and more I went to it, that was probably the game changer for me going to that. Um, the, like I would go now and I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't think twice about uh, who was looking at me, and no one does look at me. I like I, I've started to realise that as well. But when you initially do give up drinking those insecure thoughts will be there and they're gonna they'll make you believe that everyone's looking at you but it's just it's a, it's just a matter of getting used to it and it's it's definitely doable and another thing actually i got driving lessons you, you know the irish drive that, that dance Oh, jiving is it J- driving yeah i'm oh, sorry you said, you said driving I,
0: I, lessons i was like geez, i presume you could have drove already yeah <laughs> driving lessons yeah yeah i'd actually love to get them myself but
1: but they're really good as well for for the likes of weddings because if if you're planning on being sober um you know because then you know you can dance and it, it it's it's not actually that hard either to, to drive Uh um, i suppose that's maybe a problem yeah.
0: me i know i can't dance so maybe that's why i have to have a few pints because and then i don't give mm. a shit what i'm doing or who's looking at me
1: yeah 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 honestly if, if you can get three or four of those driving lessons They'll it, maybe not for nights out when the music's going to be, you know, the, the young people's music, but like for the weddings and that kind of stuff, it, it's a huge game changer. Just been able to, well, I know how to dance, and you know, everyone's probably going to be looking at me thinking, geez, he's a good dancer, you know, yeah, yeah, watching, true, I suppose, yeah all
0: true. I suppose what's a good dancer, what's a bad dancer is totally up to exactly, you know, that's yeah. the idea. And um, you kind of mentioned it there where you're saying that's what changed it for you, so you're you're out in australia and you're working construction how does that transition to where you are now was where was the moment like obviously you didn't just wake up one day and just say i'm going to go to this uh drumming class and i'm going to stop drinking like it's definitely a bit of a slower process Mm. than that
1: to be honest man number one reason why i slowed down drinking was the hangovers like i honestly i suffered so 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 bad with them uh not so much well it was it was both physical symptoms like the nausea and just physically hungover but also the following three or four days I'd be very very anxious and like even the likes of going into a cafe for a coffee I wouldn't want to go in because I'd be thinking geez if I see someone then I'm gonna have to talk to them and just really on edge and I didn't realize that it was the drink that was doing this to me for a long long time until um, someone said it to me one day that they would kind of slowed down drinking because of that reason. They said they'd be anxious for three or four days. And I was like, oh, And I could, that kind of was running on my mind then for a few weeks or whatever. And I might stop drinking, say, one or two weekends in a row and realize, right, okay, you know what? I'm actually not as nervous or anxious as I was. Now, I don't think it was visibly showable that I was nervous or anxious, but it, inside I was, you know. So yeah, just, I just slowly started weaning off it, and then I go for a big blowout, and I regret it. And you know, I'd be back to this, the sort of same old uh, sensations again and feelings, and that would kind of be the reminder. Then I might for I, I might need for two or three weeks, and then again, and then to be honest, the, the space has just got longer and longer and longer, and then. I don't know if, you know, you said you gave up the beer there for a while when you went back on it. Was the hangover way worse when you went back on it because you hadn't been doing it for a while? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that was happening to me too. So the longer I left the gaps, it's got more extreme, the more yeah. hungover. It was, yeah, it was like, like yeah. So um, honestly, that was number one reason. It was just the hangovers got so, so, so bad that I, I, could, I had to stop doing it to myself.
0: Yeah, and one of the boys actually only texts me there during the week and he says, I'm thinking of going off the beer for a while. How did you do that for four months? And like four months isn't a long time. I was working over Christmas and then it was like, like yeah, I missed a couple of nights out. I still went out, like chatted to people, whatever, but like you'd swear it was, you know, years. I know a couple of my mates that are off the beer for years and that's what I'm, you know, wondering about. How the hell did you do it? But I find, and this is what I said to him, If you have something organized and planned to do the next morning as you said the hangovers were killing you so you probably weren't going out doing whatever you're planning to do or whatever you you could do you end up doing way more with the weekend so you have a full weekend free initially you think okay i have to be on the beer friday and you're dying saturday and then if you go out saturday night well it's sunday again you don't go on the beer and these friday saturday sunday seems like four or five days so did you do did you start kind of getting into other stuff while you were off the beer what did you do
1: yeah, that's a good question actually, because I I forgot about that. There was definitely the the lag period of the weekends just going on forever, really. Um, so I think I started going for hikes, not not crazy hikes, now, but like walks in national parks and that kind of stuff. Uh, just, and really to pass time. Like if if I had the option to work seven days a week at the time i would have done that as well just because yeah it, it was like, nothing uh, to fill the weekends for like yeah 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 and there's so much stuff to do here in australia as well but when you're in that drinking every weekend um cycle you, you, you don't see the other stuff because all your friends are in it and all, everybody you know is drinking every weekend so yeah it was definitely that at the start um I did pick up a few different hobbies over the years. I started playing guitar about three years ago, which was a huge um, yeah, benefit to me. Just having to, to... I don't want to even say using it to pass the time because I, I do enjoy playing it. Um, but picking up hobbies and, and looking further afield, uh, like it, it definitely isn't the sort of thing that it would happen overnight. Because so many people say... And I've had this conversation, especially... In construction with, with lads. Well, what else do I do? And uh, I just have the conversation. Well, what what do you like doing? Oh, well, I like watching football, and I, I like doing sort of. I don't want to call it. Um, basically no hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, it it doesn't happen overnight. You really have to search because, like, someone else might not like playing guitar, and someone I I started doing yoga then as well. A lot of people won't like doing that. Um, yeah, similar to me, like I loads of people are into UFC and and don't go to the pub and just order it into their house and use that as their their Sunday, whereas that wouldn't be me. So, like, it's different for everyone, everyone has to find what they genuinely enjoy doing by themselves. And at the start, I suppose a lot of it is unless you've a buddy to do it with, which is rare when you're giving up the beer. Um, but uh, yeah, for, for a lot of it is spending time by yourself as well and doing things by yourself. And that that's very, very beneficial because then you're not relying on people to to do stuff with, you know.
0: 100%, yeah. You have to kind of get comfortable with, you know, with your own uh, presence. And mm. as we talked about before, you know, you're in the pub every weekend. Well, you're with people that are in the pub every weekend and then you you get into habits of going into the routine with these people. Um, and when you come out of that, then you have, I don't know, people that want to go to yoga. You meet people at yoga that want to do something else and you kind of switch mm-hmm. the, the the course of what you're doing to a different direction because of the people you're around. Um,
1: Absolutely. This is my first podcast. Uh, yeah. Was, well, actually, I hosted another one. Um, well, what was that I, about? Alcohol as well, actually. Yeah? And who did <laughs> you do that with? somebody else. It was it was, um, it was far this crowd that I volunteer with. Savage. Yeah, they're a bit uh, of crack
0: here. It's the same way when you do internet start off with, man. I remember doing my first one and like, I was like listening to every word I was saying and not even listening to the other person because I'm like, oh, people will mm. be listening to what or you know, pawning on what I'm yeah. saying. When I'm saying something stupid. And I've probably said a million different stupid things and I really don't care anymore. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great no, to be, man. I know but it's a lot more work I have to do in terms of other things you know what I mean but I think the podcast as I always say I wouldn't give a shite if no one listens to it like at the end of the day I'm look, we are here having this conversation and you know it, it's hard to do that anywhere else in any other format like what what would we do meet in the pub or meet for a coffee and talk for an hour you can do that but uh this is my way of chatting shite people I suppose Um yeah yeah
1: totally
0: yeah, man. Um, we'll continue on. We were on about, or well, I was just about to ask, like, let's say you're getting into the meditation, you get into the yoga. Again, wh- where's the transition from that to iSocials? Uh,
1: from, from the meditation to the I socials. So there wasn't, uh, yeah, it kind of just happened by itself, really. Well, there's, there's another lad here in Sydney that does. Uh, Breath work. it's more, it's, it's, yeah, so it's breath work and ice bats. And he started doing it about a year ago and he used to be helping him out. And, uh, yeah, he got, he's a huge following. I think he's like, sometimes you'd have a hundred people on the beach, um, doing the breath work and then they go into the ice bats afterwards. So yeah, I just decided to kind of do my own spin on it and, uh, um, uh, yeah, just do it, do it at a different beach and it's at the same beach all the time is it yeah well i this weekend now i'm having it at a new beach but uh i'm trying. i'd say i'm more focused on have a lot of people uh contact me about like work events and that kind of stuff you know for team bonding and work because every every one of them that has rang me they're saying we cannot find anything to do that doesn't involve drinking so the, the last one she goes um she was like, Yeah, if you could do uh, an event for us, that'd be perfect. So, yeah, I'd say that's probably what I'll, uh, I'll focus on. But look, that, it's, at the same time, that's only a side gig. Like, really, I, I want to focus on, uh, on coaching, um, like self development coaching uh, as career wise, because I, yeah, like the, the ice bats are great and whatnot, but I w- it's more of a side gig transitioning from construction. In, uh, in the Into the area, yeah. yeah. How do you... But it's great, for the, the, right. the, even for my own, uh, pushing my comfort zone, you know, like speaking in front of people, organising stuff, you know, it's a good experience.
0: Definitely, yeah. I was only thinking about that, I suppose, like you didn't really have a background in talking to groups. Like, you know, myself as a teacher, I still, you know, if I had a whole new group, if I went and I just said, right, I'm taking class place here today, you know, I've talked in front of groups for a couple of years now. It is still be nerve wracking because it's a whole new group of people and they're trying to figure you out. So like, that's massive push for someone who's just working construction that never really had the idea of going into something like this. And um, in terms of the like, let's say personal development coaching, how give me a background. I've I've seen a lot of let's say life coaches and they're becoming very big now. I think they're actually unbelievable. But how? What sort of services would you like to offer? Um, and where do they, where is someone going from and to?
1: Right. Well, look, everybody's going to be different, uh, whoever the, the client is. Um, you know, because some people would probably even look at my Instagram page and say, just this fella's gone mad, you know. So it's, it's, I, I definitely wouldn't be putting a sort of a curriculum uh, if that's the right word yeah. for 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 maybe do some sort of a program, but I, from what I found like you you're kind of meeting everybody where they're at um but like I suppose what I'm focusing on really is like the the way I found myself getting into it was through meditation through yoga through reading self development, and spiritual books so and which goes back to but what I was struggling with uh, at the time was just the overthinking, and um, not being able to deal with uh, emotions when they come up. Well, I suppose, as you know, as all men and even some women, um, it's told you know we're we're just we're not connected to our bodies. You know, we've no idea what to do when um, anger comes up or sadness or even when you're crying. When you're a young lad, you know, you're taught. Uh, you know don't be crying everybody's watching you and then you're looking around to see everyone watching you and, and you to make sure you don't cry so it's just complete suppression um so yeah i've done, done a lot of work myself in in that regard um the last few years and um, and found it very very beneficial even even when the negative emotions come up you know like sadness Anger, not so much. It's still, I suppose it's, it's always going to be there. It's like a protection thing, really. But, um, you know, even frustration, irritation. And then like we're, we're taught to, to blame other people for these things, you know, such and such a person frustrates me. Um, whatever it is, you know, it's blame, 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 but really. The problem is more often than not internally, you know, so so, so we will say somebody with uh, with road rage is a good example and someone cuts him off and he's going nuts inside in the car. He's beeping the horn. He's, you know, this person, who does this person think they are? They're doing wrong in me so bad. And then someone else will get cut off and they're just like, oh, go on, whatever, you know. That's literally so the first the
0: example I thought of. And well, why is the man that's getting cut off angry? It's because they probably didn't leave on time, you know? But it's the traffic light's fault for staying red too long, where if you got out 10 minutes early, you wouldn't have that issue.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. But at the end, it's the, 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 the boiling up and then the release of the, the emotion that's sort of the, the... Well, it is the problem because, you know, the even, like, say, so the, the other person could be still late and you know they, they still won't get bothered by it so the fellow with the road rage is doing it to himself you know even though he doesn't realize that he's completely convinced that it's the other person but what, what i'm trying to get at is you know it's the problem is most often they're not internally and not actually outside of us and blaming other people and blaming events and red lights and that kind of stuff you know
0: and as you said um uh, no grass that's greener can fix that and a lot of people are looking to that now moving away or buying stuff or whatever to fix mm. um internal problems and the buy external stuff um you oh, just it got me thinking of a, a, a kind of a uh it was a quote or analogy that um your man uh, on Huber, Huberman lab uh, the podcast said it was like that you can kind of deal with problems internally um or you can leave them. And he uses the story of like, there's a big storm coming. And we'll just take buffalo and deer, for example, I can't remember exactly um which two animals it was, but uh, he says the buffalo see the storm coming, and they run towards the storm. And yeah, they get caught in it, and they have some issues with it. But they're through it, and they've dealt with it, whereas the deers run away from it. And all that does is prolong the storm getting to them, and so now yeah. the 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 length it takes for the storm to reach them—that's just a big anxiety period, uh, period, and and they're just prolonging this suffering, and eventually they go through it and they realize it's not that bad, and so what they've done mm-hmm. is they've done gone through the exact same thing as the buffalo have—the exact same storm, but they've prolonged the negative emotions, and so when you kind of deal with something like, you know, obviously everyone goes through. Tough times, but uh, if we suppress them, they're going to be tougher for longer. Um, they're never just mm. going to go away. And buying stuff or moving or doing something external is never going to change something internal. But I think that's becoming more prevalent. Stuff like this Brett work, ice, bats, it's just, it's popping up everywhere. I think because people realize they need it and it's so beneficial. It's not just like a little fad or whatever. Because, you know, the internal emotions aren't just going to go away and... Um, you know, just be replaced by some other fad, I think, and without getting into politics too much, I think a lot of people are, uh, are a lot of, let's say, companies don't like the idea because, well, it's getting away from materialistic stuff and they're thinking, mm. shit, everyone's realising they don't need fuck all to be happy and they don't need this little, uh, look, I'm uh, a culprit of myself, they don't need this watch to tell them they feel good or feel bad, they need themselves, mm. so although that it's progressing with a lot of people, I would say a lot of big companies are finding it a small bit frightening.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I've I seen, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the way we're sold stuff on ads and it's, you know, uh, looking at um, they, an ad on our phones or television with uh, this, fella, for us we'd say for a fella with a big six pack and massive muscles and he's using a certain type of product. So it's focusing on us not being good enough. And if we get this product that this Hulk of a fella is using, then we'll feel as good as we perceive him to feel when we're watching him on the television. But as you know, as you just said about the watch, we'll say or whatever product it is, you know, you get that and you might feel good for a day or two. And then it's just like looking for the next thing that's getting sold to us. And the same, yeah, with, with so many things.
0: Yeah, and I actually have a slide on a PowerPoint that I give to some people and it's like what we think will happen and it's like, right, we buy this materialistic thing and then we're just totally happy forever and what the realistic is like we buy it, we let's say dopamine, endorphins increase and eventually it'll just come down again and we buy this thing and then that gives us a small increase and it just goes on and on and on. No product will ever yeah, solve yeah, yeah. all of our problems like um But I suppose companies tell us that it will.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose we're we're watching it from a young age as well. You know, uh, people that we, we grow up role models, whether it was our parents or our teachers or whoever it was. You know, buying stuff and then we see them and we're like they're showing their friends, "Oh, look at this!" And, and the big smile on their face, and we're watching that from a young age. So between growing up with that and then getting all this stuff bombarded to us on the marketing strategies because they know what they're doing. It's hard to break out of it because someone would say, for even for for me, for an example, you know, for years I was chasing material stuff, thinking it was the ultimate answer to happiness. Um, like when it, it was kind of the reason I left college as well. I was stone broke, chasing money, 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 money. Then new country, then uh, you know, it was new cars. I was yeah, always buying new cars when I was younger. Um, and I just got to a stage where I was, I think, yeah realized you know i got all this material stuff that society says is going to make me happy and it was literally everything there was money there was a new care i bought a house back in ireland I bought everything that society says this is what you need to do to become successful and i was like i feel no much better than when i had a couple of thousand in the bank account you know so yeah but for me I had to go through it, you know, and I'm I'm trying to explain it to so many people that you don't need the material things, but it's very hard to get through unless someone has experienced it.
0: They kind of have to do it, don't they? I was chatting to Mm -hmm. one of the lads who's buying his first car, and I was just saying, "Man, don't buy whatever car that you think you need to be cool." Like I've done it, man, and it's not going to make you feel any better. And I explained to him, and he's like, "I know, but it's so hard not to." Because I want to have that feeling, and I was like, "Look, sometimes you have to go and just buy it and get it over with, and realize, yeah. shit, this isn't it." But don't make it fucking break her bank account and break her hair. Because I'm telling you now, man, I've done it, and it won't make you. It won't solve all your problems. Like I was saying, we don't give a shit what car you drive up the driveway. Like, what? Why? Why are you buying a golf or why are you buying a Beamer? Like why? Why don't you buy something else? Because in Ireland, especially, and. I suppose it would go on to a point that I was, I'm was. i going to make, we, especially cars, we are so judgmental. And that's one thing I found over here in Australia. And I actually think it's down to number plates. In Ireland, we have, you know, exactly yeah. what year the car is on it. It's like in Dubai, you know, they buy the cheap number, or the, the closer to number one, the more expensive. Why? Just literally to show people your money. I think that's why it's such a bad thing in Ireland, because you can say, well, that's a 14, and that's a 13. Over here, you don't know what your car is, so you don't give a shit. And I think in general, they don't actually give a shit. Like I'm going buying a Jeep next week and it'll probably be an off-road joke and I don't give a shit because that's what I'm using it for. And I think it's way easier to adapt to the Aussie lifestyle out here because they they don't care as much about materialistic stuff because they like surfing and they like chilling out. They like going on road trips. So... It'd nearly be weird to be going around in a real fancy car and real fancy clothes for the sake of it. So it's I definitely you're yeah. always a product of your environment, like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. That is very, very true. Yeah, because at home it's all about the big house and, you know, like the like you said, the number of players in the car. I don't even know what year my car is over here because <laughs> once you have it for long enough? You kind of forget about it. You have to check the logbook when you're going selling it again. Just what year is it again?
0: Yeah, fact. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I remember meeting a fella in a shop last week, and he said that uh, oh, he had bought a pub, and uh, he said he did all that corporate stuff, and he says now we just work three days a week in my friend's shop, and we go surfing for the next three days. Like, knife's not not all about money, and I was like, that is mad. Like, this man's like fifty. Like, he, and, and this is a you know we're always going back to Ireland, and not or bashing it or anything. But like, again, if you met a fifty-year-old man in Ireland that says, I'm only working three days a week, and I'm going surfing three days a week. He'd be deemed as a hippie back in Ireland. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. And he's at nothing, and Jared, that fella's fucking away with the fairies, he must be smoking too much hash. You know, it's like, it's totally, yeah. totally different perception in Ireland, you have to be working. And I remember someone saying to me there a couple of weeks ago, like, geez, imagine be like, we met someone that was just totally like that, that said, you know, I just want to live my life and be happy and whatever. And they're like, geez, he's mental. I was like, yeah, but he could look at someone in Ireland and be like, why would this person get up? Uh, I don't know, we'll take an account for example, just because they'd be wearing suits and whatever. No no disrespect to them. Like, why would you put yourself under serious stress? Um, maybe working a job you really don't want to do because you want to have a nice car and want to be under pressure paying off a mortgage. And again, this is just an example. Like, that could be someone's, they could be totally internally happy doing that, but he could look at them and say like that's just the most mental life ever why are they doing that so it's i suppose it's about what you want but then again yeah if you def- if i just decide to do that in the morning a lot of people would be looking at me saying like he's gone off the rails altogether like you said when when someone looks at your page they might think what's that fella now you know but that's if, yeah. you, if we lived our lives like that we'd be screwed all together
1: that's it, yeah, 100%. And going back to the, the page, that the, that was a huge uh, barrier for me because, you know, the fear of judgment. I've been thinking about setting up that page for six months. But I knew the type of stuff that I was going to be putting on it that, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't very kind of taboo, I suppose, you could nearly call it. Um, you know, talking about thoughts and talking about feelings and stuff that like were just unheard of. And not, no, a, sorry, it's not unheard of. But you know just what you mean. Verb. Yeah, yeah so we're complex animals
0: know. that have made, like a serious amount of thoughts and a serious amount of emotions. But talking about it is taboo. Like, yeah. How how is that?
1: Uh, well, I think it was actually was a Gary that said it on your podcast there lately about uh, you know to to survive in the in the pack or the tribe you kind of had to be the the hard man really to. Yeah, to 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 be the leader or whatever it was. I, I can't remember. He he explained yeah. it really good, anyway. But yeah, um, that was a, that was eye opening. But it causes an awful lot of suffering, you know. When you're when you're battling up stuff, and there's a, and like I would I wouldn't be even great for talking about stuff in general. You know, like I I deal with it myself, which probably a lot of people say would say that it's not the best way to do it. But I I find my own way of, of doing it. You know. But, uh, so I definitely wouldn't, uh, be saying to, you know, you have to go talking about your feelings, emotions, blah, blah. Um, but having the education of a knowledge of how to deal with them when they come up and, and knowing that, yeah, basically just having it like you could, that's, you could talk for hours about it, uh, days about the, the ways to deal with it. But when we have zero education at all on our internal world, we're just, Going out into the world and we're told to wing it, you know, and figure it out as you go along. Yeah, it's daunting um, for a lot of but people. But I think, I, I think it's that. changing. I, 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 it's definitely changing, you know, and, and our generation as well. There's going to be a, a, a massive shift, and and the next generation.
0: What the hell have of God and stuff like uh, I socials, man. And when I seen it, I was like, that is savage, because they do uh, something similar in parts. Uh, the first morning I was here, it was called Cold Nips. Similar, you go for a dip. Maybe there might be a talk or some sort of meditation or yoga and then you go for a dip in the sea. And I saw you're doing something similar. i see, see, seen it before I came over and I was like, that's savage. And especially I hadn't seen the kind of, um, the way it was set up with, let's say some of the games, as you said, it's kind of team building and stuff. Like it kind of breaks down the barriers as to like going for a dip and just sitting, standing there and, not actually talking, you have you're nearly forced to interact with someone, and that's how you meet someone, and Absolutely. then again, that, that could change your trajectory. Um, for literally, something small like that could change your de- trajectory of where you're going to go,
1: yeah, 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 totally. And uh, even with the likes of those games, and that you know, most people they, they come in the morning and they, they don't um they don't know each other's names, and they, they might get one or two names, but very soon into it, you know, you're you're playing these games and team balling exercises, and the humor is what, uh, what breaks the barriers, you know, because there's, there's nerves and there's what's such and such. What is there someone thinking this of me or whatnot? But once the humor gets going and someone does something stupid and everyone's going to laugh together and like it just, it's like any conversation. Like, you know what? When you meet somebody new, you're both a bit on edge at the start, but as soon as there's a bit of a bit of humor at all, it's like, oh you know this person's actually alright. They're they're
0: they're like me as well. They can yeah. have the crack, you know. Savage. Serious man. Um yeah. So you're are you are based in Melbourne now? Home for what, a month, is it? And then back to Melbourne?
1: No, Sydney, I'm in Sydney. Oh Sydney, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. But the, Your most, sister's in Melbourne, yeah. is she? No. She's no, in Sydney me, as well, I'm, yeah, and Jason, my brother is here as well. Three, Jesus me? Christ! Yeah, and Joy coming out uh, next. Uh, so when we're all going home now for these weddings, and uh, Joy is coming out with us on on the flight back. So the before he was coming back.
0: That's mad. Four of us on the flight,
1: and he's staying out <laughs> right there. He's coming out for the year as well.
0: Savage, savage. Um, yeah, my plan is to in September. Yeah, I'm off for two weeks in September, so I'm going to go down to Melbourne and travel up to Sydney then, um, for a couple of days. So with the help of God, I'll get, uh, and I'll, I social in, be savage.
1: Yeah, for sure. And come here, how, how are you getting on over there since, since you landed?
0: So, man, it's gone t- as good as it could possibly go, really. Like I have a, I have a house. I had a house set up cause my girlfriend was out here the last two months. Um, when I got off the plane, I had two emails for job offers, um, so I have a job sorted now as of yesterday. Got a bike, went for a few cycles in the process of buying a car. So, so far, so good. But again, um, there's always things that are, as you said, the grass isn't always greener. Like it's hard being away from family. Um, it's great sometimes. Um, you know, you're having the crack, but then you kind of have this realization, Jesus, they're doing this. You're missing out on this. But, uh, overall, I, it. Guess- yeah at home yeah it's uh right. but at the same time like you're gonna you have to do it at some point if you always kind of think about eh, what everyone else is doing um you will never do anything i suppose but yeah so far so good like it's been it's been as smooth as possible so i'm kind of nearly a yeah. bit apprehensive of saying what the hell is going you know something has to go wrong here because it's so it's been so enjoyable and there's obviously um uh, I know a good few people over here already so yeah it's Australia is probably although it's very very far away it's probably one of the easier places to move to for an Irish person which is which is mental it's only 24 hours away really and uh it's seemingly you know you're you're nearly at home because there's so many Irish yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely absolutely there's no is full
0: of Irish as well well I remember yeah, it was a few years ago but... yeah there's still a very good uh, contingent of Irish here so like, you know, even if you don't know anyone, I suppose the standard thing is, I know I'm not doing it myself, but the standard thing is to go play GA. And I suppose maybe that's without getting back into it too much. You go play GA and you meet people and you go drinking and you meet, you know, the cycle starts, but it is a good basis to have there regardless to get in contact with people and meet people. It's, it's crazy how, how well we travel and how, how we stick together when we're actually away, which is, it makes it a bit easier. I think a lot of people, there's a serious amount of Irish moving out now. It's literally like the wave after the recession again. Mm. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that maybe mightn't have gone, but now they see there's so many Irish, like it's practically being at home, practically like being at home. So yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. makes it an awful lot easier for people.
1: Yeah. And it's more, I'm I'm guessing like for people at home, it's it's more in your face as well about, you know, you really see the, the best parts of Australia, you know, so when that's popping up on your Instagram and TikTok every day, it would make anyone want to move you, you know, if the weather is going through a bad patch at home
0: <laughs> literally I remember clicking on Instagram story and it was just like gone to Australia, gone to Australia, going to Australia I'm like it must be torture for people at home that maybe are doing degrees or have children or whatever have to stay at home for some reason Like it's, it is yeah. daunting um, and in your face one of my mates actually set up a private Instagram story where he's like I'm going to go through everything good and bad about moving to Australia, because it's never really done, you know, about his yeah. struggles trying to find a house, or he's to find a mattress, and Jesus, the mattress costs this, and, you know, th- this is how much it actually costs to move over, and, like, right, that is serious, because all we ever see is the good parts, you know, all we ever see is yeah. the serious views, like, you're never going to put up, I said it before, you're never going to put up a Snapchat in. had a very shit day today. I've got no money left, and whatever, weather was shitting, and I had a row with the girlfriend you know you're never gonna put that up so people then when they see that happens they're thinking what the fuck this isn't what I moved here for so uh, yeah. it's the same as anything you're gonna have good and bad
1: totally yeah and as long as you're aware of it when before you move that's the you know that's the key where I wasn't I was just like it's going to solve all my problems move to Australia
0: but at and nineteen then, as you what, said, well what else you know like at nineteen you never think of oh like I'm gonna to have to cook my own dinner and I'm gonna to have to do washing. Like I am now finding joy in them them things. Like I'd be cooking dinner, I'm like, this is savage. Like I'm cooking dinner in Australia. You know, where people see a picture of or a video of going out for dinner. I have to do my washing. I'm like, I get to do my washing in Australia. These clothes are gonna be dry in an hour. That mightn't excite yeah. some people, but like for me I'm like, that's serious. So I suppose you have to enjoy the small things because that's what majority of your day is made up of. Going to work, um, cooking dinner, and doing your clothes. Which if Absolutely, you don't, man, if you don't do them, I you, them at nineteen, you're probably not. When I went on the J one, I never cooked. I washed my clothes every couple of weeks, and like you just don't want to do that stuff. You want to, as you said, higher energy all the time. You want to go out with the beer, you go working. So you have to be kind of yeah, yeah, content, content yeah. with the normal stuff.
1: Absolutely, man, hundred percent. There's a there's a good book um, called uh, Have you ever heard of the power of now?
0: The power of now, no.
1: I I read that when I was about twenty five, and uh, that was a huge game changer for me. Just talking about or what you were talking about there, you know, finding joy in the simple things. Um, he really it's it's not an easy to like it's it's a it's a tough read you know you're better off leaving it five or six weeks to go through the whole book and do bit by bit um but he explains like the whole human dysfunction really of thinking because when we're thinking we're always thinking about the past or the future um and not enjoying that like you said the simple things and it's very hard to analytically describe that to somebody because it's like an addiction. Like we can't just stop thinking whenever we feel like it. But yeah, he, he does a very, very good job of, of explaining it. And, uh, yeah, that was, I'd say I've read it about five or six times now going back to remind myself of progress. Yeah. And I think meditation a good, uh, is
0: a good way of kind of, yeah. I don't know, assessing the thoughts because you know, when you get like, Things kind of build up. It might be something small, something shite and you're acting, you realize you're acting a certain way because of a root thought and you're doing these mm. things and like you're masking other things because of a root thought. And I find, and someone said, Oh, was, um, I give a shout out to Erica because she was actually saying, we're chatting at a wedding, we're chatting all this shite. And she said to me, why don't you get a call on? I was like, that's perfect. Why the, why exactly? That's exactly what I'll ask. Um, and she Is was saying, Wether? yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, she was saying that and she was, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm, I've been on to his stuff recently as well. Uh, it just makes sense. Um, and she said, like, when you do meditation, like, usually the gut feeling or the first thing that comes up is the thing that you want to, I don't know, assess or figure out or solve. So um, yeah. usually it's, again, when I'm doing a bit of meditation, it's usually when I get uh, thoughts kind of start build up and it's the first thing that comes out. That root problem is the reason why you're acting or saying these things. So as she said, if it is on your mind and it's the first thing that comes up, it's a good feeling, it's probably a good thing to either, let's say, deal with it, or if it's a good feeling where you have to go somewhere, like go with the good feeling.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, man. Hundred percent. Now, meditation is 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 huge. Uh, I, I found it so beneficial. And I was it were you saying a root thought or O O T. Is that yeah. what you were saying? Yeah, Yeah. right, yeah, yeah, no, totally, because I suppose meditation is like catching those root thoughts before they transform into, you know, say you're going to bed at night, and you have the thought of, I don't know, we'll say you have a big thing coming up the following day, or say if I have a big group down at the social ice and I think if I have the thought of geez, what if I fuck up, or what if I say something stupid, or what if what, what, what if is usually the start of it, what if X, Y, Z happens, and then you know if if you're meditating and you're you've trained yourself in a way to catch that thought and say right that's just a thought that's going by i'm not going to buy into it i'm going to go to bed and sleep. otherwise if you haven't yourself trained you know you have that thought and next thing you, it just compounds and then you're feeling this emotion of pure nerves and anxiety in bed completely safe the night yeah. before that emotion is compounding the thoughts on top of that and you're just on a hamster wheel and for the night you're still awake Three hours before the event or whatever it is, you know. And then so, that actually
0: might, yeah. <laughs> uh, that might compromise uh, what you actually do the next day. You might, yeah. because it's in your head of fucking up or saying something wrong, you might do it. And then with the, what I find is the funniest thing is, let's say you, okay, it's your first I social, So you, yeah, you're going to be nervous and you're thinking of all these things. And then it goes perfect. And you think, man, I just wasted so much time we're in. And, i heard someone describe anxiety as like you know going out in the um sunshine with an umbrella waiting for rain and i always find that when i'm <laughs> anxious about something i'm like no put this umbrella away only when it starts raining can i take it out because i'm not going to waste my time worrying about shine now and then when it's okay eventually which it, all the time it usually is um yeah i've seen the county down under did a podcast about suicide and she said like Or whoever she had on said, you've got through a hundred percent of your bad days already. Like there's actually no day you haven't got through. So when I try and think of that, I'm thinking, no, I don't need this umbrella because I've got through everything I've ever done. And if I just worry now, all I'm doing is wasting the time I have now. You know, if I worry for the next two days about something in three days time, well, these two days are just going to be occupied at me being anxious. So like I'll I'll worry about when I get to
1: it. Yeah, totally, and we can always deal with it at the time. Like, no matter what it is, you know, even even if it is the the worst case scenario that does happen, we have the ability to deal with it when it comes up, you know. But it's just our mind thinks that if if it thinks hard and enough about fifty different scenarios, then then we'll have it solved before the event. But as you said, it, it has the paradoxical effect then of going the opposite way.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny when you get in the thoughts and you're, and sometimes you just take a step back after, okay, you're thinking of, I don't know, again, we'll just use our socials as, as an example of something that could happen and, and you have this actual scenario in your head of that might happen and it's so far from the original thought and you nearly stop and you're like, what the hell? Like, how did I get to that point in my thinking that this could happen or I could worry about this? It's just... uh It's mental. And sometimes it gives you a small bit of perspective as to like, oh, come on, like, you know, what what has Mm. to happen for it to get to that point? Um, So I suppose, yeah, as we said, the root problem. um, And as you said, uh, like being in touch with them emotions to know that, okay, I am anxious about this. There's no reason, like, I'm not saying that no one should ever be anxious, no one should ever be angry. It's about being able to deal with them and understanding why they're there. Why are you anxious? Because it's your first one, like, fair enough. Like, you, yeah. It's okay to be like that. You don't have to be angry at yourself for being anxious. And I think that's what a lot oh, of people yeah. think now with this all this stuff. You think everyone should be happy all the time. But it's not about that. Mm. It's about being able to deal with them emotions when they come up. Um, and not, yeah, as I said, being happy all the time and never being angry or sad or whatever. Just being aware mm. that you are going to be like yeah.
1: that. Totally, man. And the more I have found uh, when I am sad or whenever I'm down or whatever, the more I can accept that in the moment. Look, this is how I feel. As you said, there's there's no point getting angry at myself or there's no point talking shit to myself saying you shouldn't be this way. You should be happy like everybody else on Instagram. Look at everybody else's lives on Instagram. They're all happy. Why am I happy? You know, that's just completely. It's madness. Um the the more we can accept whatever we're feeling in that moment and really sort of look at it from nearly an observer's perspective of like this is what's going on, you know, it, it will pass and it, it always does. But the more we resist it, Eckhart kind of told it this the fellow who wrote that book actually, he he has um he has a quote, it's whatever whatever you resist will persist. And it's so true about emotions as well, like it's fact. Yeah. I think it actually came from
0: another pedal, but he he's using it as well. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Kinda of like the analogy if you're running away from the problem, you're prolonging it. You have to hit it head on. Unfortunately that's what a lot of people don't want to do. They think eventually the storm will go away, but um, as you said, there mm. that will only prolong and maybe cause other root problems, blah, 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 and vice versa. Um
1: Yeah,
0: yeah man. Serious. Oh, fantastic. i it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. I hope you didn't I, have anywhere to go did you?
1: No, I didn't know. I've, yeah, no, I don't. It's all good. But uh, thanks a million for, for having me on. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect, to be honest. This is the, uh, I don't know if it was recorded earlier, but yeah, it's my first uh, first podcast. So it was like a bit sort of, again, it was like a perfect example of the, there, was, there was definitely nerves coming up. And yeah. but And, so yeah, what, like,
0: and it's funny when you think about it because, you're doing all the same stuff and you're saying all the same stuff on a different media and in person but because it's kind of maybe i don't know recorded and you think someone's going to listen to it totally different but anyways, man, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in shrink mode here <laughs> um sound call, absolute pleasure man hopefully i'll get over to uh sydney and we can have an old ice social
1: yeah sounds good man 100 i'll uh i'll catch you when you get here